0: Glad that you're listening to this podcast. This podcast is a ministry of the Bonners Ferry Baptist Church and of Pastor Devon Neal. Luke chapter number sixteen. As preacher said this morning, uh, there's a lot of familiar passages in the scriptures. If you've read your Bible very much at all, you've come across this passage of scripture at some point in time matter of fact, let me just preface everything I'm going to say tonight with this statement, I'm not going to give you anything new, amen? Uh, everything I'm going to say tonight, your pastor's already said, I, I know where he come from, amen? Uh, everything I'm going to say, I'm just going to be a second witness tonight to what he's already said from this pulpit, amen? I'm not going to give you anything new, not going to, man, it's not going to be anything that's going to like whoo, blow you out of the water or anything like that, um, but it will be from the Word of God, amen? Amen. Luke chapter number 16, a very familiar passage of scripture right here as we begin reading in verse number 19. If you will, let's stand uh, for the reading of God's holy and precious word uh, tonight. Luke chapter number 16 and verse number 19. The Bible says there was a certain rich man which was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day. There was a certain beggar named Lazarus which was, laid at his, which was laid at his gate full of sores and desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. And it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried And beside all this, between us and you, there's a great gulf fixed, so that they which would pass from hence to you cannot; neither can they pass to us that would come from thence. So I want to call your attention back to verse number twenty-three tonight. This is where I want to uh, preach from tonight. And the Bible says that in hell, he lift up his eyes, being in torments, and seeth Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom. I want to preach on this simple thought tonight, the reality of a place called hell. The reality of a place called hell. Uh, Let let, let me just say this, we'll pray and you would be seated. Uh, In a lot of Baptist churches that we go in, man, it seems like uh, there's a whole lot of singing about heaven, there's a whole lot of preaching about heaven, and I love it, Amen. I really do. I love singing about heaven. Why? Because I'm going to live there one day for all eternity. Amen? I love preaching about heaven. Why? Hey, listen, because that's where my Savior's at. And that's where I'm going to spend eternity one day. But I believe in all the singing and all the preaching about heaven. Uh, we've forgotten about or at best become numb to the fact that hell is just as real. Amen? Hell is just as real. And men and women and boys and girls are dying lost all around us and they're winding up and they're going to spend eternity in this place called hell. Hell is not a fairy tale. Had one young man... We knocked on his door in North Carolina one time. he come to the door and he said, uh, Why would I want to go to heaven? All oh, my family's in hell. That's where I want to go. Man, that's, they're down there having a party right now, just waiting on me to get there. That's where I... Hey, listen, hey, there's no parties in hell. Amen. We're, we're going to look at the life of this rich man here in just a few moments. Matter of fact, he's still living right now. Amen. The, 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 this account that we just read in the Scriptures tonight... Hey, listen, it's not something that just happened 2,000 years ago or 2,500 years ago or 3,000 years ago or 1,000 years. Hey, this is something that's still happening right now. The rich man is still in hell right now. You know what he's crying for? Just one drop of water. Just a little comfort. Just a little. Hell's real. It's no fairy tale. No parties going on. Hey, listen, no big family reunions, no big gatherings down there. Ain't nobody eating no potluck lunch. Hell is a horrible, horrible place. The reality of a place called hell. Let's pray. Father, we do thank you, Lord, tonight for your grace and for your mercy. God, we thank you, Lord, tonight for the opportunity, Lord, to be in your house once again. Father, we thank you, Lord, for the services, Lord, we've already had today. God, what a tremendous Sunday school hour. And Lord, the preaching hour this morning, God, we thank you, Lord, for the word of God. Father, that was preached to us. Thank you for the man of God. Father, that preached to us. God, we thank you for this church, God, right up here in Bonners Ferry, Idaho. Lord, I pray, God, you bless them. God, bless their labors. God, as they went out door knocking today, God, I pray, Lord, that you would add to your church. God, you bring in the harvest, uh, Father, Lord, according to your will. God, we know, Father, Lord, that you're not willing that any should perish, but that all would come to repentance. And Father, we know what we did today is right. God, we're trusting you for the harvest. Father, we ask you, Lord, tonight for this service, God, that you'd touch our hearts. God, touch our ears tonight. God, let us hear the word of God. Lord, touch our eyes. God, let us see ourselves like you see us. And God, I pray tonight, Lord, that you would touch our hearts. God, open our hearts. Help us, God, to be receptive to your word. But God, even further than that, God, I pray that you'd let us not stop there, but help us, God, to be doers of your word also. Father, above all things, Lord, tonight I pray that you get the glory out of it all. Father, first in Jesus' name and for his sake we ask and pray. Amen and amen. Thank you can be seated tonight. The reality of a place called hell. I want to give you about three things real quick by way of introduction. And then we'll move on uh, to the message. I've got about 20 minutes, so you listen fast and we'll get done fast. Amen? Uh, First thing by way of introduction is we look at this passage of Scripture right here. We find that there are two men. There are two characters here in our text. Uh, We find that there's this certain rich man. And we find that there is this man named Lazarus, this beggar named Lazarus. I'm going to give you a couple things right here. Uh, This is not a parable. This is not just another story that our Christ uh, Jesus told to illustrate another biblical truth. Uh, that's what a parable is. Uh, this 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 is not a parable. You say, Brother Allen, why 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 do you say it's not a parable? Uh, As I said, I'm not going to give you anything new tonight. Your pastor has already told you this. Uh, This is not a parable because of two reasons. Number one, the Bible says uh, that there is a beggar named Lazarus. A parable never used a person's full name. Never used their proper name. Never used their name. Uh, This 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 account right here says that the beggar's name was Lazarus. He is talking about a certain person. But not only that, the, the number two reason why I know this is not a parable because of the very first uh, verse that we read here in verse number 19. The Bible says that there was a certain rich man... He's talking about a specific rich man. He's not talking about just any rich man. He said, there's a certain rich man right here that I want you to notice. There's a certain rich man. So we see tonight that uh, this is not a parable. We see we find these two men right here. They were real men. Uh, they are real men. They're still living today, uh, just in two different places. Amen? Uh, but as we look at these two men's lives, we find, number one, uh, by way of introduction, they lived two different lives. They lived two different lifestyles. Amen? Uh, we find this first man, this uh, rich man. Uh, the Bible says that he was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day. Anytime you find the color purple in the Scriptures, it's always associated with somebody that is uh, uh, of, 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 uh, of a royal status or somebody that is in a leadership position. Uh, Now the Bible don't say what kind of position he has but we can just assume from the threads that he's wearing that he has some kind of leadership position. Amen? He's a rich man. You don't get rich uh, by sitting on the bottom of the ladder. Amen? Uh, So he's got some kind of leadership position. And then we find this beggar named Lazarus. He's not in a leadership position. Matter of fact, he can't even walk. Uh, He has to be laid at the rich man's gate every day. Amen? Uh, we find that they live two totally different lifestyles. Uh, the rich man, the Bible says that he fared sumptuously every day. And that word sumptuously implies that he not only had enough, but he had more than enough. He fared sumptuously. Any of y'all ever have more money and you knew what to do with? Me either, but I'd like to try. <laughs> Sign me up. Amen. You know how much money I could give to missions? Amen. We could plant churches all over the place, preacher. Amen. I'd like to try it one time. Any of y'all ever been there? This man right here, the Bible says he fared. He had more money than he knew what to do with. Amen. Then we got this beggar named Lazarus. Man, I can imagine this rich man. He'd sit. He'd sit at his table, man. He'd 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 get the finest cuts of steak, and man, that's what he'd have for supper at night Old Lazarus just begged for the crumbs fell off a rich man's table. This rich man, he'd live in a fine house. Can can you see this? He had a gate around his house. I don't know too many poor people's got gates. Amen. This rich man, man, he living in a fine house. Lazarus, the only comfort he had was when the dogs came by. Lived two totally different lifestyles. Amen. Not only did he live two different lifestyles, but look what the Bible says. The Bible says here in verse number 20, there was a certain beggar named Lazarus who laid at his gate full of sores, desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. And it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by the angels in Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. Not only did they live two different lifestyles, but they died two different deaths. They died two different deaths. You see what the Bible says? The Bible says that when uh, that it came to pass, the beggar died and was carried by the angels. The rich man also died and was buried. One was carried and one was just buried. Amen? Now listen to me. They lived two different lifestyles. They died two different deaths. When Lazarus died, the beggar, the angels come and got him. When this rich man died, all it says about him was he's just buried. No angels. No, no, no. You know what the Bible says about, uh, the Bible says precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of one of his saints. Amen? And I'm paraphrasing that. Uh, But no rejoicing. No rejoicing. No well done, thou good and faithful servant. He's just carried. Buried. Buried. I can imagine his brothers, some of his family members maybe carried him to the graveyard, but those ain't angels, amen. He was buried. Two different lifestyles, two different deaths, but then watch your Bible right here. It says right here, verse number 22, the beggar died and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried and in hell. He lifted up his eyes. Not only did they live two different lifestyles and die two different deaths, but they went two different directions. Now let me explain something to you right here. And again, I'm not going to give you anything new. Your pastor's already told you this. Abraham's bosom is no longer there. Another Bible name for that place is a place called Paradise. That place is no longer there. You remember how Jesus left the very portals of glory. I mean, left everything heaven had to offer to be born of a virgin, live 33 and a half years, uh, sinless years might I add, here on this earth as all man, yet still all 190% God. Amen? or if you can go higher than that, it's all God. Hey Amen. 100% man, 100% God. Hey, 33 and a half sinless years here on the earth was led up Calvary's hill as a lamb going to the slaughter. and There he was crucified. Hey, listen, they didn't kill our Lord. The Bible says that he laid his life down, Amen. Hey, listen. He did this for you and I. He willingly laid his life down uh, for your sins and for my sins. Uh, he willingly gave his life for you and I. The Bible says that he was uh, placed in a borrowed tomb. They borrowed the tomb, and, and 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 about three days later, he rose again. And and when the when, when the disciples got there that morning, man, it surprised the fire out of them. I don't understand that. Why did it surprise him? He told them he was going to come back to life. He said they're going to destroy this temple in three days. I'm going to raise it again. And when they got there, it is like, whoa. Well, I didn't really expect that to happen. Hey, listen, but 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 he did, amen. You know what separates what we believe and our uh, what 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 our beliefs are from every other religion in the world? Our God's alive. Amen. Amen. We serve a risen Savior. Uh, some of y'all ain't get that. Our God's alive tonight. Hey, listen, you go to the tomb of Joseph Smith, his bones are still there. You can go to the tomb of uh, uh, Muhammad, hey, his bones are still there. You can go to the tomb of Buddha tonight, hey, you, y'all, y'all, know, y'all know who Buddha is, right? Fat 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 bald head and fat belly. Hey, listen, uh, uh, you can go to his tomb tonight, his bones are still there. But you can go to the tomb where they laid my Savior at and he ain't there, hallelujah. He's alive tonight. He's alive, hallelujah. He's alive. There can't no other religion in the world say that. Amen. Why? Because he's alive. Amen. He's alive. But then something happened about 40 days later. You remember what that was? The Bible says that he ascended into heaven. He ascended into the clouds is what the Bible says. Something happened right before that. The Bible says that he descended first. You remember that? He descended first. And the Bible says that when he descended, he led captivity captive. What that simply means is this. He went to this place called Abraham's bosom, this uh, a place called paradise, and he took those people and they are in heaven with him tonight. Amen? That that place is no longer there. Those people are no longer there. Hey, listen, they are in heaven with our Christ, with our Savior tonight. Amen? Uh, the Bible says, man, I'm... Th- thankful tonight, the Bible says, uh, for you and I to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. We don't have to go to this place called Abraham's bosom or, or this place called paradise anymore. Man, we go straight to God now. Amen. This place, this is where Lazarus was carried. I'm talking about they went two different directions. Amen. Lazarus was carried to Abraham's bosom. But the rich man, the Bible says that in hell he lifts up his eyes. Now wait a minute. Do y'all believe God tell a lie? Now now wait a minute, now they did y'all know there's about seventy percent of the folks living here in the United States of America that don't believe that there is a real place called Hell? That's 70% of the people that's right here in our country. I'm not talking about around the world. I'm talking about right here in our country that believe God's a liar. You say, Brother Davis, where you get that from? God said the rich man lifted up his eyes in hell. If hell ain't real, then that means God's a liar. Is that not what it means? How I many y'all believe the Word of God? Hell's real. Amen. I want to give you three things about the when dealing with the reality of this place called hell. Three things real quick. You Ready? i got ten minutes to do it. Number one, when dealing with the reality of this place called hell, look what the Bible says. The Bible says that it came to pass. You see that phrase right there in verse number 22? When dealing with the reality of this place called hell, the first thing you need to realize is this. Watch this now. Death is sure to come. Death is sure to come. Now, listen to me. I'll be the first one to tell you tonight that I believe Jesus is coming back. Some people say Jesus is coming soon. The Bible says He's coming quickly. Amen? I believe He can come soon. That's not what the Bible says. He's coming quickly. Amen? Now, let me say this. Uh, there's nothing else. There's no other prophecies that need to be fulfilled. Nothing else on God's timeline before the return of Christ. I believe Christ can come before we get out of this service tonight. Amen. I believe He can come soon. But if He don't come till tomorrow, He's still coming quickly. Amen. But if He don't, death is going to take you and I out. Amen. Hey, listen. I I, I hate to be the bearer of bad news tonight, but if Jesus don't come in your lifetime and if he don't come in my lifetime, we're going by way of the grave. And don't think you're going to be the first one to escape it either. (laughs) Amen. Now, let me say this. How many of y'all realize that the older you get, the faster time flies? Absolutely. Let me just say this. Not trying to be ugly, anything like that. Please don't take this the wrong way. But some of y'all, just by age, are a lot closer than some of the others. Amen. By age, brother, let me let me explain what I'm talking about. By age, I'm 46. I'm closer to death by age if I get to die of old age than my kids. Y'all understand what I'm talking about? Now I want to say this, death is no respecter of persons. Death don't care how old you are, how young you are, how fat you are, how skinny you are, how rich you are, how poor you are. Death is no respecter of persons. Hey, listen, you don't have to be old to die. I've heard a lot of young people say, Oh, well, preacher, I've got my whole life to live ahead of me. Oh, and I agree, I agree wholeheartedly with that statement. I really do. But you know what the Bible says about your life? What is your life? It's even a vapor that appeareth for a little while and then Vanishes away. Oh, listen to me. Listen to me real close. You've got your whole life to live. You really do. Let me, let me. Some people's vapors are a little shorter than others, though. You can walk hey, listen, you travel up and down the highways in this nation. Hey, listen, you can visit every cemetery in this nation. On on a lot of those tombstones, man, you'll find two dates and a hyphen in between, and that hyphen represents that person's whole life. But if you look at real close at those numbers, they some of them closer together than others. But that hyphen still represents that person's whole life. Let me let me, let me give you an illustration right here, and I will move on. Me and my wife got some friends. Um, she she had conjoined twins. This is about two years ago, wasn't it? Had conjoined twins. And their vapors. Those two little girls vapors was three days that's their whole life though you, you follow me we had an evangelist friend over in Kentucky preacher you may know him but Keith Balls over there evangelist friend there in Kentucky he's out of Mayfield uh Mayfield Baptist Church sir. I believe what the name of the church is he was home on the weekend didn't have a meeting that weekend He was out in the yard playing with his kids and and man, they was having a good time. His little boy, Jack, he said, he said, daddy, can I go check the mail? He said, yeah, sure, son. How many of y'all checked the mail at eight years old? Come on, man. We checked the mail when we was four and five years old. <laughs> you know? He said, yeah, go ahead, son. Just watch, watch both ways and, you know, before you cross the road. Jack got to the edge of the road right there and he looked both ways and he saw a car coming. He never stepped out in the road. What little Jack didn't know and what his daddy didn't know, Brother Keith, is the lady that was driving that car was traveling over 80 mile an hour and she was drunk as a skunk. And when she, she hit little boy Jack, that ended his vapor at eight years. Eight years. My mom died in 1998. Had a heart attack in the middle of the night. She was... 43. Her vapor was 43 years. I said all that to say this. You've got your whole life to live ahead of you. One day it's going to come to an end. One day it's going to come to an end. And so what you need to realize about the reality of this place called hell. Listen to me real close. The only thing that matters is what you do with Christ right now. You don't get a second shot at this thing. You don't get a do-over. Listen to me. There's a time factor involved right here. If if y'all ain't realized this yet, I'm going to be the first one to tell you, they ain't making it no more. When time gets gone, it's gone. Amen. When when time's gone, it's gone. When you take your last breath, it's done. When your heart beats for the last time, It's done. Amen. There's a time factor when dealing with the reality of hell. When you close your eyes in death, that's it. Your destination is sealed. Amen. And it's contingent with what you do with Christ right now. Amen. I'm going to give you these last two. And we'll be done. Number two, when dealing with the reality of this place called hell, look what the Bible says. The Bible says, In hell he lifts up his eyes, being in torments. Not only is there a time factor involved when dealing with the reality of hell, but there's a torment factor involved. Now, <clears throat> you see that word torments right there? There's an S on the end of that word. Now, I ain't the brightest, I ain't the brightest light bulb. Okay? Man, you all understand what I'm talking about, don't you? You all said that a time or two, ain't you? But, but I do know when they taught us in school, any time there's an S on the end of a word, that means there's more than one, right? Now I'm going to be the first one to tell you, I don't understand all there is to understand about the torments of hell, okay? I really don't. And I say hallelujah tonight, man, I ain't got to find out either, right? Hallelujah. Why, Brother Davis? Hey, because I've been blood Amen. Hey, listen, because my Savior died for me, because I believed hey, on Him, not just in Him, but I believed on Him. Amen. There's a difference. And, 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 hey, listen, I placed my faith and trust in Him to do what I couldn't do for myself. Amen. Therefore, I'll never feel the flames of hell. Amen. amen. Now, I told you I don't understand all there is to know about this torments of hell, but I do believe the Bible gives us some insights to a couple of things right here. Look what the Bible says. And he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me. The first thing I see right here when dealing with the fact that there's torments of hell, and I'll probably just give you this one and we'll move on because this, it's all, my time's almost up. There's no mercy in hell. Now I'm going to make a statement right here. If you don't understand what I'm saying, Stick your hand up and I'll try to explain it to you, but I don't, there, there's never been a day in my life where I've not known mercy. Y'all understand that? Y'all, y'all understand the difference between grace and mercy? Grace is God giving us something we don't deserve. Amen? Grace is when God, uh, the, uh, the Bible says in John chapter 3, verse 16, for God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. Hey, listen, that's grace, friend. Grace is when the Bible says that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. That is grace, friend. Grace. Man, I know we just come out of Christmas season. Uh, A lot of us are still in the Christmas season. Amen? Grace is when when the Holy Ghost came to the Virgin Mary and and said, uh, Thou art highly favored among women. And and grace is when Mary said, Okay, I'll do it. That's grace. That's grace. Grace is when Joseph said, I'll not put her away. That's grace. Why is all that necessary? Hey, listen, uh, because of our Savior was born into that family. That's grace that's a, he was born of, of woman that's what made him all man but yet he was born of the Holy Ghost he was still all God man y'all ever sat back and thought about what it would be like if if Joseph had to put Mary away y'all ever think about that I mean that had the, we know this from Scripture. But it had to be the Holy Ghost working that out. That's grace. Amen. Grace is God giving us what we don't... Man, we didn't deserve to have a Savior. Hey, listen. We, we still don't deserve to have a Savior. We don't, we don't deserve to have a church. We don't deserve to have a pastor lead us. We don't deserve to have the Word of God. That's grace, friend. But mercy is God not giving us what we do deserve. Let that sink in. That is that is simply this. And I'm going to give you this last point and I'm done. I'm not even going to preach the last point. Mercy is simply this, okay? Because we are born sinners, every one of us, every one of us deserve to be in hell tonight with our backs broke and gasoline poured all over us. Every one of us deserved to be in hell tonight, filling the flames, licking our bodies just like they did the rich man. Remember what he said? For I'm tormented in this flame. But because of God's mercy, we're sitting in church tonight. Because of God's mercy, we've got a Savior that we can call on. Because of God's mercy tonight, not only can we call on Him for salvation, but man, we can call on Him anytime we want to. We can talk to Him anytime we want to. Amen. That's mercy. But there's no mercy in hell. Number three, I'll give you this one, and I'm not even going to preach it. I'm just going to give it to you. Look what the Bible says. Abraham said, Son, remember that thou in thy lifetime receivest thy good things, and likewise Lazarus evil things. But now he's comforted, thou art tormented. Beside all this, between us and you, there's a great gulf fixed, so that they which would pass from hence to you cannot, neither can they pass to us that would come from thence. I'm I'm, I'm, I'm going to skip through this. I'm going to give you the point right here. Y'all ready for this? Look what the Bible says. There's a time factor involved. There's a torment factor involved. But then he says this right here. In verse number 27, he said, I pray thee, therefore, Father, that thou wouldest send him to my father's house. Who's he talking about? He's talking about Lazarus. For I have five brethren that he may testify unto them. There's a testimony factor involved when dealing with the reality of hell. Two counts right here. Give it to you and I'm done. Number one, the testimony of Lazarus himself. Well, number one, the testimony of the rich man. He's in hell right now. He's in the, in the Word of God, the very Word of God right here telling us that hell is real. There's torments there. But in the context, he's talking about the testimony of Lazarus. He said, let, let Lazarus testify to my five brethren. I'm going to give you this. I'm done. He, he called Lazarus by name. Every one of us probably got lost family in hell. I told you my mom died in 1998. My mom and dad never took us boys to church. As four of us boys. as the oldest. My mom died in 98. I never heard the word Jesus come out of her mouth. The only time I ever heard the word God come out of her mouth was when it was followed by a cuss word. I do not believe my mama was saved when she had that heart attack. Amen. Every one of us probably has got some family member that's died lost. And they're in hell tonight, right now. And they're down there screaming for somebody to reach their family. Just like this rich man. He said, send Lazarus. He called Lazarus about to send him to my father's house. I've got five brethren. My question is this. He said, send Lazarus because he could testify. That's what he said. Let Lazarus testify. Not only did he know that Lazarus could testify, I believe he probably heard it before, but he said that if one went to unto him from the dead, they will repent. He knew exactly what Lazarus would say. Let me ask you this. There's lost people all around us. They, they've got family that's died and gone to hell right now. They're there right now, okay? I don't, I don't say that lightly, but I have to say it in order to Make this point. They're in hell right now screaming for somebody to go reach my family. Are they calling for you, for the preacher by name? Send the preacher by my family's house. I know what he's going to tell them. He's going to tell them the truth. I know what he's going to say when he, he's going to tell them about Jesus. Send the preacher to my family's house. Or are they in hell right now? Preacher, I'm just picking on you. Or in hell right now saying, Don't send that preacher over there. Don't don't send Brother Neil over there. All he's gonna do is talk about hunting and fishing and car racing, and he's gonna talk about mechanicking and everything. He's not gonna tell them about Jesus. Send somebody else. The question is simply this. these families around here, they're lost people that's already died and gone to hell. Are they crying out for you to go reach their family? God's put a church here for a reason. It's not to just come in a warm building and warm the seats. It's to do exactly what y'all did today. Out knocking on doors, reaching a lost and dying world with the gospel of Christ. I want to encourage you tonight, if you're not a part of it, you need to be. Amen. You need to be. Amen.